This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is brought to you by golfguide.net. Save 20 to 70% on greens fees by visiting golfguide.net and find the golf you need. been too long and that's how i open every podcast because yeah. <laughs> i go a very long time between recording you know we get to it when we get to it at the uh, inconvenience of our listeners but that's okay you know i, I have to I, I have to tell our listeners that if you really want regular content you got to send in some checks make it worth our while really any kind of interaction on of any kind saying you know we want more podcasts i mean i encourage all of you to reach out to us on twitter or Facebook at Golf Guide Net or at Golf Guide on Facebook. I, I have to re- ask us questions. You know, interact with us. Just send us motivate money, us really. a little bit. Money, money, money. Yeah, money's good too. Money is my, the ultimate motivator. My last name has has two D's. <laughs> if you're writing out those checks, <laughs> not one. Multiple D's. Yes, multiple D's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, not note. Everybody, welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast. Yes. <sighs> so happy to be with all of you. And not only that, not is it not only are we back after another multi-week hiatus, but we coming back. We're coming back with the fucking U.S. Open preview. I mean, we just jump back into it, and we're hit, we're hitting home runs off the bat. I mean, what kind of a meteor subject do you want than previewing the toughest major championship of the calendar year? If you want a really marginal chance to get information that could lead to making some money, continue listening. Continue. <laughs> if you just want some really abstract opinions and mildly warm takes <laughs> you are in the right place don't worry <laughs> well on that note we're less than a week away from the u.s open my friend it's very exciting at what many people consider to be the most difficult golf course on the rotation for the u.s open in fact i read something earlier i thought it was uh i, I thought it was pretty I, I thought it was good and they said that uh you know obviously there's no trees at oakmont it's difficult there's no shade no shade is part of why they say it's so difficult because there's just no nowhere to rest and nowhere to recollect yourself. And they say it's uh, it's kind of like Scotland on the Allegheny in stifling heat. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds so unpleasant. Is it like <laughs> Scotland? Well, because there's no trees. Oh, it's windy. Right. You're just out in the open. And it it just looks brutal. But it looks beautiful. Like I, There's not a single place I think I'd like to go get my ass beat. More so than Oakmont Country Club. It's a very beautiful golf course. I'm really excited for the U.S. Open finally going back to a place with some fucking rough. (laughs) I mean, when I was growing up, the U.S. Open was nothing but, you know, maybe it was excessive sometimes, but it was rough, rough, rough. It sounded like a dog. Rough, (laughs) rough, rough. (laughs) And then for years they started going to these fanciful, you know, linksy phony baloney courses that didn't have long enough rough for my you know the pinehurst chambers bay kind of thing i think the pinehurst redo is okay and and i you know chambers bay god only knows what happened there but i think the u.s open needs to penalize wayward drives absolutely a little more than it has absolutely the it used to be that you'd have the 15 yard wide fairways and severe penalties for missing the fairway and that had a lot to do with determining a good all-around player. Sure. And they've gotten to be like a 
you know, just yet another venue where the the bombers have massive advantages. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that they're going back to a place with long rough. I couldn't agree more. And I just like the fact that it's returning to a to an old timey unless you come from old money, you can fucking kick rocks type of place. Like I would never want to join there, but I always love it when the US Open is at those kinds of places because that's what I think of when I think of the U.S. Open, like I don't think of a Chambers Bay. You're really like, not helping the uh, image of the sport right now. We're I'm, trying to we're trying to get away from the uh, pompous exclusivity of the past. I love watching golf at these kinds of places, and as you know, make of a Chambers Bay what you will. To me, that is not a course that represents what the U.S. Open is supposed to be. Okay, it, for me, the U.S. Open is the one where the, is the championship the difficult championship that's played on the old historic American courses where I think the PGA championship could make a niche for itself as the one that's playing all of the best new modern courses. Right. Whether that, whether you think Chambers Bay is one of those or not is debatable, but you know, the Chambers Bay's, I, I guess Wingfoot, you know, and Baltus Raw and everything, those are old, but they're not, they're clearly a level below the other ones in the rotation, the Oakmonts, the Marion's, the, you know, do you think Wingfoot is below? Well, I've never played it, but according to all the world golf rankings, it's ranked below the other ones in the U.S. Open rotation. I don't think it's as good as Shinnecock. Yeah, I mean, Shinnecock is right. I mean, all those publications all essentially have the same top 10 in which Shinnecock is included, Marion is included, Oakmont is how included. Mu- how much fun would Marion be to play, by the way? <sighs> I'd be great. There's a couple guys that I, you know, begrudgingly follow on social media who just played there last week and uh, posted some pictures, and I was just thinking. Why can't we just have that here? Good God. Why can't that just be somewhere around here? Why, why does that have to be like thousands of miles away? That would be such a treat to go play. Not that there's not courses right around here that I can't play as well. Because even if it was, you know, even if Marion was 10 miles away from here, I probably still wouldn't be able to play it. Even <laughs> working in the golf industry, I still sure. don't think I'd be able to. But yeah, I see what you mean. Like, golf needs to uh, de stuffify itself to survive and people you know society in general is moving away from that kind of thing but to a point you need to keep going back to these first of all they're just superior golf courses and they wouldn't be as excellent if they were public in a lot of ways but in terms of course conditions and etc cetera, etc cetera. but golf and every sport need a little bit of that air of unreachability sure it makes it's part of what makes it special it's Agreed. like a course that you finally get an invitation to on your tv and that's one reason the masters is so great right you're never going to see it unless you're watching the masters right uh and so everybody that thinks they have a chance to play augusta one day is sorely mistaken yeah it's not going to happen <laughs> myself included forget yeah you were thinking about writing art writing letters to members i mean literally i feel like the it only was the most insane idea i've ever heard but in i feel life. like the only way you could do it is by doing something so fucking ridiculous and insane that it may just have an outside chance of like being somebody taking pity like look at this poor retard you know what writing me letters asking to play augusta you could have like you shaved your head and face and said you were like a 16 year old with cancer and they still wouldn't have let you play you might have had a chance mm. I want to say that I've heard of instances where there's been Make-A-Wish kids where their last dying wish was to play Augusta. Have you heard that? I've, I've, I couldn't source it, but I feel like I've heard it before where they've been like, sure, we'll get you tea time on like Augusta Country Club. Oh my God. Like, that's not, I, where, that's not what he wanted. No, no it's, it's not. <laughs> like, uh, the guys at Augusta are like, yeah, that sucks. Man. Go away. I guess they're afraid <laughs> of being overrun by needy children. I, <laughs> Well, once you let one in, you got to let all of, yeah. all the cancer-riddled children in. Wow. 
Yeah. That is really cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yikes. But on that same note, Oakmont. Yes. Um, difficult, difficult golf course. Two, two par fives. It's Stuffy. Be brutal. Despite being in a completely blue-collar city, it's just outside of Pittsburgh, it's still stuffy as hell. It's very much not a blue-collar golf course. Very much course. not a blue-collar <laughs> golf course in a blue-collar city. Um, it's going to be playing as a par 70. plays as a par 71 for the members. Um, it's got a variety of par fours that are going to range around 460 to 485, um, slightly uphill. Incredible. I, I was reading something saying that the green staff, despite it being a relatively wet spring and early summer around those parts, is harder than a fucking dance floor, and that you may see a five people all weekend reaching for their divot repair tool. I mean, it's literally just that, that brutal. Right. You like that move? It was very White House secretary. Somebody was trying to call the offices in the middle of our podcast, and they got hung up on. Yes. Uh, I I had to notice, like everybody, that uh, one of the par threes is 288 yards. Uh, so my question to you is, and we were ref- referencing it before, that it's nice that it's going to be played on a course where the long hitters don't have an insane advantage where basically the ability to hit a drive 310 yards in the air basically qualifies you to be one of the 10 people that could legitimately win a tournament right well what the fuck is a 288 yard par three then yeah it's a good point you know like i that that still seems a little fucked up to me we've had discussions about par before and how it is it's more of a concept than anything else sure but i i think that well that's a good point some of the longest hitters are going to be hitting probably three iron and getting there what kind of a like cool Jason Day. fuck that species is, hits a three iron 280 yards and that's a big advantage but jesus yeah, a lot of the longer player or a lot of the average length players won't necessarily have a right club for that distance if it's playing 288 oh absolutely because not. drivers too much but there's and a lot of guys on three tour might not be enough wasn't it? there's a lot of guys on tour in fact the majority of the guys on tour when they hit a driver really well it's going to fly in the air about 285 yeah 280 to 285 and then it's going to roll out and at then it's going to roll out so it's like they I mean, I, I'm not 100% familiar with the par 3. Again, if you want, like, real quality insight regarding Oakmont and the golf course, you're in the wrong place. But if you just want, again, wonderfully lukewarm takes right. about the golf course we're not 100% familiar with that we've never visited, right? This, this you're going to get it right now. I have no idea what the green complex at that 288-yard par 3 looks like. I've seen it. it it's Is it allow for somebody to land the ball 10, 15 yards short of the green and let it release onto the putting surface? You can, but it's a little bit narrow. Mm. Um, it's not super narrow. You can do it. So all you have to do is be able to control a driver or a three wood and be able to land it within, you know, a like eight, 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 eight yard eight wide, ten ga- yard gap. Yeah, oh, they're they're professionals. Yeah, fuck it, they can do it. Go screw them. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, I, the U.S. Open is fantastic. We all like the U.S. Open because it's difficult. I've I've had enough of these ten under par, fifteen under par U.S. Open sure. winners and guys who can just slice it off into the middle of nowhere and don't get in trouble a lot a lot of what makes the u.s open so great is seeing guys get in completely screwed up positions and terrible lies and they've got to you know hack it out to the fairway and it's fla- com- flailing around it's, it's great. comforting and satisfying to watch these guys who you're so used to watching just obliterate and just basically play a completely different sport than we're familiar with be humbled and essentially do things that we do you know chunking it out of the rough you know hitting a fucking drive 
that results in you having to bail out into the fairway, you know, and like not being able to do that correctly. I mean, you, watching these guys do things that we're more familiar with because the course is so tricked out is oddly satisfying. And I, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think a lot of people, when they watch the USM, they're like, wow, this is so fucking, it's like golf is now difficult for them yeah. the way that it is for me. Yes. And that I like. And still they're around par somehow. Bastards. But, uh, you know, who who knows, obviously, who's going to win this tournament. If I did, I'd be a rich man. But I, on the surface of it, you think a place like this might be a little bit tough for a guy like Jordan Spieth. Sure. Because this year he's been playing fine, but he, he isn't quite as accurate no. off the tee as he has been in years past. Correct. And he's missing in a lot of different ways. And he doesn't have as much strength as the other guys do to to advance the ball out of the rough. Sure. So if he's not hitting fairways, it's going to be a long week for him. Well, I think one thing that bodes well for Jordan Spieth is that if you look back at all the U.S. Opens that have been played at Oakmont, well, maybe with the exception of the last one, one of the top players in the world has always prevailed as the winner. Mm-hmm. So l- let me quickly go through the past U.S. Open champions at Oakmont. I'll go old to new, Okay. So the first U.S. Open at Oakmont was 1927. Tommy Armour wins. 35, Sam Parks Jr. 53, Ben Hogan. 62, Jack Nicklaus. 1973, Johnny Miller in his final round, 63 to beat Arnold Palmer. Okay. Uh, 1983, Larry Nelson. 94, Ernie Els. 2007, Angel Cabrera. Yeah, those are all multiple major champions for the most part and some of the best players ever. Right. And so I, I, I think... That is the one thing you can feel okay with Jordan Spieth about is this is the kind of golf course where it seems to me that only the very best in the world are going to be the ones that are sticking around and competing on Sunday afternoon. It's it it's the kind of golf course that's so difficult that it really is going to weed out the players that don't have any real business being there late right. on Sunday. Right. And so I think I, I'd feel pretty confident if I'm putting money on this you know, I got my eye on about five or six guys, none of them are a secret, that probably have a real legitimate chance to win this thing. And that that bodes well for Jordan Spieth, especially if somehow, way he can recreate that fucking cheat code that he had on the greens last year where he just fucking made everything and he thought he'd broken the art of putting. And he is good on the fast greens. And if, he, if he's putting like that, he's, I mean, despite not being as accurate off the tee, he's got a great chance. Now, we think that Dustin Johnson's got no chance, right, because of the greens? He's got a breakthrough at some point, man. Not here. Greens are just too fast. I mean, have we seen him able to handle that? It's seven hundred. It's seventy-two hundred yards, par seventy, ups and downs. He hits the ball a fucking mile. I mean, you figure he, his he ability can, to hit wedges into these greens is a think, massive advantage. He could. He can win this thing with great play off the tee. And he's and, not and, an inaccurate and, driver I mean, if, if for Dustin, how long he hits yeah, it. Yeah, if Dustin Johnson can find a way to average 30 putts around, as long as he's hitting the ball, striking the ball really well, it's conceivable to think that he could win this thing. Yeah, and he's so strong that getting out of the rough is easier for him, and he's not, sure. an, not an inaccurate long driver. He's sure. a pretty accurate long driver, but I have to think that the greens are just going to be too much for him. It's completely uh, possible. Not to mention he hasn't won a major before, and there is... Um, you know, a hurdle that you have to go through right. mentally. Right. And if he'd be pretty, he pretty much did everything right to win the U.S. Open. If you want to compare 
at, at Chambers Bay, if you want to compare how badly he choked versus how badly Spieth choked, Spieth choked worse. Oh, and he just, for sure. But he managed to win the tournament because for he sure. birdied 18. And, right. And then, what was worse, Dustin Johnson's choke in the U.S. Open last year or that fucking blowjob that he gave the 14th hole at Augusta this year? Or sorry, oh, the 12th Spieth, hole. The, the, the blowjob that Spieth gave. Yeah. The, that, oh, Spieth was way worse. That, uh, that, Dustin Johnson that just, is the worst collapse in the last decade. Dustin is it Johnson's not? drive and second shot on the 18th hole were superb. Yeah. And he, he was, you know, at one act of gravity away from that ball cozying right up to the hole, but he left himself a tough putt, hit it way too hard, and then just... On, on greens that the players pretty greens. unanimously... And said I think, were some of the shittiest they had rolled. Out. I mean, and was, I think the birdie putt. First of all, you know, it's you you make that if you're a pro lengthwise, you make it maybe a little bit more than fifty percent of the time. It wasn't a gimme, sure. And I do think it probably hit something, and he didn't hit it hard enough. So it was a combination of a lot of things. But did you hear that quote from the U.S. Open for last year, where some player, it might have been Billy Horschel or I hate Ian Poulter, but like you know, he's like, oh, it's like fucking broccoli out there in the green. It's like putting on broccoli. Billy Horschel was real yeah. upset, and and Roy McIlroy came and said. Uh, it's not really green enough to be broccoli. It's more cauliflower. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping it doesn't go back to Chambers Bay. There were a lot of problems with that that venue, but yeah. Um, in thinking of guys who might do real well, um, my mind somehow keeps going to Rory McIlroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think this would be an appropriate time for us to start jumping into a little some of the odds. Yeah, let's for some of the see guys. how this is getting thrown um, out there. So we were talking about Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson is has the fourth best odds to win the U.S. Open this yeah. year at Oakmont. Rory McIlroy is just behind Jason Day. So Jason Day, at plus 600, is the favorite to take this year's U.S. Open. Rory McIlroy right behind him with the second best odds at plus 650. So what about Rory McIlroy? What, what, what at is, plus 650? I mean, why, why do you have a gut feeling that Rory might, might take this thing? Well, everybody says that Rory tends to play best when it's kind of soft and wet and the scores are low. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah oh my God. <laughs> and uh, so you wouldn't necessarily think that the setup is super favorable to him, but I, I do think of this golf course a little bit like I think of some of those real classic-looking parklandy. I mean, there's no trees, but sure. you know what I mean. Like, they're, There's tr- plenty of trees around the perimeter. It's just there no, not really a lot of trees in play. Yeah, well, you know? first of all, we we know the good Rory McIlroy driving the ball. Sure. He's so accurate when he's on that it's it's amazing with the distance that he hits it, how he just center cuts every fairway. So When I Rory McIlroy is hitting his driver well, it is better than when Jason Day hits his driver he, well. And he hits, and he and Jason Day hit the highest irons, and so does Dustin Johnson. But I do think that it, that, that combination of, accuracy and length off the tee and then the soft shots coming into the green and he's a pretty good putter Mm -hmm. uh that he sets up well so does day but i mean day put on a clinic at the u.s open or excuse me at the uh pga but i'm not sure that day is always going to be quite as accurate as mcelroy when they're you know both kind of bringing their b games i think mcelroy might just be a little more accurate yeah uh, days great out of the rough around the greens. McIlroy's pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, and I think probably McIlroy might be a bit of a better putter. Although he was getting a little bit funked up with a cross-handed experiment yeah, this I mean, year. I, I, so he's he lost still, some confidence on the greens. I still remember him going basically switching to left hand low at Doral 
and then earlier he, this year he ended that. Well, but then like his first round, Doesn't we're going speak. left hand low. He had like twenty eight putts, twenty seven putts. He was putting great, and then the very next round he went out and had like thirty five putts. It's true, yeah. He hasn't had the best putting this year, but Mm-mm. Day is the favorite. It's hard to argue that with had seven wins in yeah. his last fifteen starts or something like that. Um, it's, but it's tough to argue against. I mean, you we're making the same case at the Masters. You know, it was hard to pick against Jason Day, but I mean, shit happens, right? Um, yeah, for some reason, I, I am gravitating toward McElroy this time around. I don't know why. I think McElroy might feel a little bit left out of some of these. And he know, should. Recent majors. He's got, more, he's got as much or more ability than any of those other top players in the world. McElroy's I mean, he, he problem, should feel a little left he's, out. He's the best player in the world. Yeah. In, in when right, he's, when right he's now, playing his best. Absolutely. Like, Rory McElroy at his best is better than anyone else at their best right And his now. problem, I think, more than anything psychologically is that sometimes he just doesn't care enough well do you think do you think he's how much does momentum play into this in terms of yeah he hasn't had a lot of success on the tour this year but i mean he just came off a win at the irish open a couple of weeks ago he there's been enough evidence over the last month month and a half that he's hitting the he's He's, hitting the ball well enough where he he's been he should be able to win he's been sniffing around in these tournaments uh i think he's got enough momentum it's not like jason day but i think he'll be fine yeah I think he's kind of feeling a little bit left out of the Jason Day, Spieth kind of sexy bromance thing. And sure. he, he's always included in any big three discussion, but right. it's been a while since he really was staring down a major. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the odds makers tend to agree with you because, I mean, he's, again, got the second best odds at plus 650 behind only Jason Day at plus yeah. 600. I think that's probably correct to favor Day in the odds. Right. But the odds are also based on what people want to gamble on, not necessarily what they actually think is going to happen. Right? Or is, is golf a little yeah, bit different? Yeah, no, it, 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 it's meant to draw money. Right. So they think probably that Day will, or yeah, that Day will get more action and Spieth will get more action than McElroy because, I mean, McElroy's famous and well-liked, but public money... You know they're they're focused on Spieth and Day more than McIlroy because sure. of the recent success and because Spieth is an American and he's young and likable. So you give those guys shittier payouts than right. you would give otherwise. Right. Well, and and the big three those are the only three guys according to Bavada that have less than ten to one odds. Or if you're really convinced as an odds maker that they're not going to win, then you give them better payouts because you know that'll draw just a massive amount of money right guys pe- people uh want to see them win and they think they're getting a value you can just get a ton of money and then you know that's what that's, the, that's what they did on the broncos against the seahawks mm. and uh oof yeah right <laughs> yikes <laughs> oof <laughs> so uh we'll say the big three jordan speed the plus 800 and then obviously mcelroy and jason day at plus 650 and uh, plus 600 respectively other than that everybody else is nearly double those odds or worse so if you're outside of the big three are there any is there anybody who you think has a pretty legitimate chance to upset one of those three and take this thing home and if you'd like i'd be more than happy to go through the odds of like the neck you know the other top 10 guys and see if anything stands out sure yeah so i wonder if danny willett can win this thing that would be really frustrating for everybody <laughs> wouldn't it part of me would it really would be like just like willett danny win. willett to win this it'd be just like danny willett to win the grand slam yeah by and, the way that would then, be amazing and then, and then disappear from golf forever 
<laughs> yeah, just and, and just not even value it. Yeah, <laughs> just like go have a pint and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Fuck a prostitute. Yeah, you know, hang out with some birds. Yeah, you know, just you know, it's Danny Willett. He's just chilling. It might ruin golf forever if Danny Willett. Not that he's not not a great player, but it, you know, it would. <laughs> Come on. Having to put Danny Willett in every montage of like major golf history would be pretty devastating. It'd be so awesome. To the sport. Part of me, as much as I love the history of golf like we were referencing early, it there are a few things that would give me greater pleasure than watching Danny Willett just rip the foundation of the history and tradition of golf down to its fucking core and then have sex on top of it with a hooker. It would just be the it would just be the greatest the greatest thing ever. You know, speaking of which well, never mind. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> We digress. All right. Odds. Uh, after the big three, you have Dustin Johnson at plus 1,400. That's plus 1,400? Yeah. That's not bad. I, I agree. I'm I, surprised. Dustin Johnson at 14 to 1 is That's nice. That's a lot better. He, he usually gets put around 1,000. Yeah. I, I. That's good money. I see that, and I'm inclined to want to throw a little bit of money there because that that's... Yeah, I mean, it, we just got just done talking like, about how he's not going to win the tournament, but that's a nice payday. It seems like nice value. Um, Justin Rose at plus 2,000. That's good money too. Ricky Fowler at plus twenty two hundred. Yeah. Okay. Adam Scott at plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, he just doesn't seem like he cares. Phil at twenty eight. Yeah. And then you have Matsuyama at plus thirty three hundred. He's got to win something, right? He won Memorial. That that course, not this year, but in the right. past. Um, I think that course is kind of similar. Sure. Firm, firm greens. Difficult. Difficult. Hard to putt. Super fast. Long rough. I don't see why he couldn't win this tournament. I don't either. Uh, also at thirty, also at plus thirty five hundred. Uh, also, no, Matsuyama was at plus thirty three hundred, and then there's three guys at plus thirty five hundred that kind of round out like the the top contenders, if you will. With Henrik Stenson at plus thirty five hundred. Don't do it, anybody. Bubba Watson at plus thirty five hundred. That's an intriguing one. And ya boy, Dan Willett at plus thirty five hundred. I like Willett at thirty five hundred. Why not? Let's fucking bet on have Danny fun. Willett this week. Have fun, everyone. Let's bet on Danny Willett. Yeah, Let, I know let's that, just do it. I know that we're you know we're late to the party, and he was eight, he was plus eight thousand, I think, at the for the Masters right. at one point. But I think at one point actually he was plus twelve thousand back in February, which is ridiculous considering his world ranking. But, yeah. But of course we didn't bet on him. Uh, nevertheless, no, I think Willett we've made is, a lot of poor decisions in terms of gambling on golf. And meanwhile, every golf fantasy guy was on Willett. He was a total uh, yeah, so, so apple apple of the fantasy eye that week. In hindsight, everybody knew Danny Willett was going to win. It's true. So fuck those guys. Right. So no, I think I think Willett is great. Great money. Yeah. Like plus thirty five hundred. I think out of all the ones you've said, Dustin John, Johnson, Johnson plus fourteen hundred stands out to me. Johnson, uh, Matsuyama, Matsuyama plus thirty three hundred are the and way then to Danny go. Willett plus thirty five. Yeah, that's those are the way to go for value. Yeah. I, I like all of those. As I go down the list, I see some other guys. I see Pat Reed at plus 4,000. Brooks Kepka at plus 5,000. Kepka is, he's got to win something, right? I like Louis Eustace in the plus 5,000. How's his health? He I have no idea. Is he dead? I, I'm pretty sure he's not dead. Yeah. Alive. I, I like healthy, U I don't know, though. Eustace, and yeah, he could he could get the job done. Yeah, I think, I'm assuming that Louis Eustace is healthy. You know, look at the people who've won on this course before. It's not just great players. Which it is. It's guys who are fucking mentally tough. Yeah. What do you think about dickhead Charles Schwartzel? I, I, I want to actually go back and say that I think Rose... I always bet on Rose 
Uh, you know, it doesn't always work out, but he I mean, won, he's, he's, got, won, he's got the fifth best odds out of anybody going into this tournament. He's won the U.S. Open before, and that that guy is just he really he's hates nails, to lose, dude. and he's tough as hell. Justin Rose's nails, man. I I like Justin Rose a lot, and I actually I don't know if I'll put money on him, but I'll certainly be rooting for him. I think he's got a great chance to win this. Yeah, thing. so yeah, put some money on him too. Yeah. I think I think the value is good. It's plus two thousand. Plus two thousand. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you throw five bucks down on Justin Rose and win hundred and five. Stand to win hundred. Win hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah that works. For I me. think that's a perfect perfectly good bet. I think you know if you're looking for value, obviously you stay away from like the top three guys and hope that somebody comes out. You know, yeah. one of those guys between three and fifteen will will win. And I I don't think that's yeah I don't think any of those top guys are are paying out enough to get me really interested. I I think that out of the three, I would take McElroy but yeah well and like I was saying earlier I think because of how difficult the golf course is and the way that it's set up it is perfectly lined up to have one of the top players in the world win this thing where I really I don't see one of you know a middling guy sitting at you know 60 or 70 in the world rankings coming out of the woodwork to win this thing however that doesn't just mean that the top three guys are going to be you know the ones I think anybody in that kind of top 20 to top 25 has a pretty legitimate chance. It's just the guys after it who I'm what, I'm just not quite sure about. What do you think about Brandon Grace? Admittedly, I know very little about Brandon Grace. You remember the US Open last year, that's most of our familiarity with Brandon Grace mm-hmm. when he sliced it out of bounds ba- or pushed it out of bounds um on the par four. Yeah, I remember watching being like, fuck, I can but do that. But he was playing so well before that. He was really impressing me and everybody else. He was tough until he hit that horrendous shot. Um it's hard to figure why that happened exactly. It seems like a choke. But. So how does Brandon Grace do on golf courses that He's aren't choppy and eight years old? Well, I think he plays well all the time. Yeah, He played really well in the um, President's Cup. He is good under pressure. He's high in the world ranking. Mm-hmm. He... Uh, what is he um, on the money line? Is he, what, plus 5,000? Brandon Grace actually has relatively decent odds heading into here. So Brandon Grace... Um, He's at plus four thousand. Four thousand, right, yeah. right behind Danny. So not af- not quite enough value there for me. After but. that group of Stenson, Bubba Watson, and Danny Willett at plus thirty five hundred. Um, again, all these odds are courtesy of Bavada. Um, there's a group at plus four thousand, which is Sergio, Brandon Grace, and Pat Reed. Sergio's playing well, but you know it's a major, so forget it. Cooch uh, at plus forty five hundred. Never bet him. Um, I mean, the guy wears no, fucking Skechers golf shoes. Never bet him to win a major. I mean, no. there are some guys who you just know in your soul. Aren't going to win a major. <laughs> Stenson is one of them. Uh, watch him win now. Yeah. Kucher, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Hunter Mayhan. Yeah. Jim Furyk somehow won a major. I still but don't know how. it's not going to happen again. Uh, it, what, are, what are his odds, by the way? Because he's healthy again. Jim Furyk's a plus 7,000. That's a that's good value 70 for him. 70 to 1? I mean, he fuck. Could de- throw he's throw not three miss, bucks on it. He's not going to miss any fairways. Yeah, throw $3 on Jim Furyk and, 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 and hope. I just got done saying he's not going to win, but for... for but it's 70 to 1. Like, 70 to 1 is take a, flyer? a terrific value for a guy like that. He's he's absolutely going to be in the top 20. I, I would bet a top 20 bet on Furyk in a second. I'm yeah. sure that the odds are pretty good for that as well. I mean, personally, if I, if I have $100 to bet on this U.S. Open... Um, Which we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> um, but if I did, theoretically, I probably would stay away from putting any money on the top three guys and then spread a lot of money around all those guys between four and 25 because 
if any one of them wins, the odds are long enough where you're going to make all your money back and then, and then some mm-hmm. without even having to really gamble that much money on any one particular player. It seemed, I don't know, Jim Furyk at plus 7,000, Jimmy Walker's at plus 7,000. Um, and then if I go down, some other guys who I like but I don't necessarily think will win but have, you know, longer odds. Uh, Leishman is at plus 7,500. Oh man, I've got Zach Johnson at plus seventy five hundred. Really, Zach Johnson's not going to miss a lot of fairways either. That's true. He and he's got the wedge game. Yeah, Zach Johnson could be. And he's a good putter. Yeah, yeah, Zach Johnson. That's great value. Yeah. What are they thinking with that? Maybe his form is bad. Well, I mean, I guess he just hasn't been super competitive this year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's got to be the only rationale. I mean, the guy won a fucking major last year. And the guy's mentally a stud. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I, I never, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. He I would never, have been even if he hadn't won the Open. Yeah, I never count out Zach Johnson no, because he's, he's just he's solid. I like all of those guys for yeah, the value. I do too. And at Leishman, you know, I he's so good. I don't think he'll win, but I always am attracted to him. He's he's never valued properly, right? But he uh, doesn't win that often. Bill Haas at plus player. plus twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah, I got burned on that already. I'm Justin Thomas plus twelve thousand five hundred. I don't think he's ripe yet. No. Still needs a few more days on the vine. Danny Lee, same, plus 12,500. Danny Lee could do it. He won the U.S. Amateur. Yeah. That, it takes a lot of toughness to win that tournament. The <laughs> defending Oakmont champion, Angel, Angel Cabrera, at plus 17,500. Why the hell not? Throw a dollar on Why Angel. Why not? Put a dollar on Angel and just see what happens. That's what he does. He wins yeah. U.S. Opens. Yeah. Former U.S. Open champion Jeff Ogilvy at plus twenty thousand. Why'd you even read that? <laughs> Another Oakmont champion Ernie Els at plus twenty five thousand. That's also not happening. I think I'm gonna do- seven putts make it hard to win. I think I'm gonna put a dollar on Ernie Els just so I can say that I did. You're aware of the the putting, <laughs> you know, catastrophe, right? I've heard that putting's not that important <laughs> in terms of being able to post nice golf scores. Is it, that it, true? Three putt avoidance is important. And making oh. short putts is important. That's what he's having a problem with. Hmm. Maybe it's that goofy ass putter that he's using. It's it's just uh, it's alleged to be the yips, although he denies it. Ernie just seems like too solid and too experienced to be a guy who legitimately would have the yips. Like it, guy, it has nothing to do with that. But I mean, who, it affected Sam Snead. It's like one of the best players of all time. Yeah, who's also a bitch. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> a horrible thing to say. I don't know Sam Snead. He's probably a very nice guy. Like this, he was actually a sweet man. Yeah, we're we're on a podcast right now. It's, you know, we're we're trying to get attention here. You know, it's, everybody <laughs> just agrees and says everybody's a nice guy. Who the fuck's going to listen to this thing? Yeah. Well, if you want to get you know attention, just tell people places where they can score drugs. Mm. Not that you would know. I'm not giving away my secrets. <laughs> Christ. So anyway, um, I like all those guys. The the. Uh, 7,000 range there that you read. Leishman, Zach Johnson. I think Kepka's okay value. Yeah. He fits into that mold of guys who are high in the world ranking. Sure. Who don't have value that quite lines up with how good they are. Okay, so I'll ask you two things here. I think one of them... Danny Lee, I would take. One of them you've already answered, but give me one player, given the odds that we've talked about, that you'd be more inclined to put money on, and then with no odds whatsoever, just give me your pick to win and what their score is going to be relative to par. Well, I, I we got to make picks. People in the, yeah, today's okay, day fine. and age, they want picks, man. They I, they want to be able to say, "Hey, this fucking guy yeah. called this at this number." Willett, Rose, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Zach Johnson, mm-hmm. 
and Danny Lee. Good. I'm, that's my pick sampler yeah. and a wide variety of ranges. Is that is that a team that you would be able to put together if you were playing DraftKings fantasy? I mean, no, it would be too expensive. Be you, too, need, you need some guys even without those top like three guys. Uh, you could replace. You'd have to do something like replace Johnson with you know a guy who's going to have a hard time making the cut. Right. Okay. Uh, so I should look at the prices on there, but I haven't done that yet. And then in terms of winning the tournament, I think it's going to be Rory McIlroy. Okay. Where do you think Rory's uh, score is going to be relative to par? I think he will shoot even on the number. I like that. I like that a lot. People are saying it's going to be over par, and it might, but most of the time the uh, whole, you know, hardest golf course ever discussions get overheated. It's a media hype thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It never really works out that way. Yeah, scores sure. have not been as as bad as years in years past uh, in the recent history of major championships. Sure, I I'm going to be boring AF sure and take Jason Day to win. Okay, at minus two. Ooh, very low. It's got to light that golf course up. Minus two for Jason Day, and in terms of picks, I like Dustin Johnson. I actually like Bubba at plus thirty five hundred. Yeah, is intriguing because if because that thing is going to go one of two ways: either it's going to crater and he's going to miss the cut, or he's going to be in the hunt on Sunday. Well, you think about it; it's one of these treeless golf courses with a lot of wind. That sounds like a Bubba special. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's won at the Masters, which has trees, but they're not super in play. No, and he he always does well at like Doral and places with a bunch of wind and it stimulates his mind. Yeah, to but you got to search high and low to see if he's made comments to the media about the course because he always tells you whether it's going to be one of the weeks where he sucks or one of the weeks where he does well you know i don't like this golf course wah 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 so if he's given one of those quotes don't take him but if he says oh i like it then take that seriously because he seems to pick and choose when he plays well sure now who are you in your heart of hearts rooting for to win this thing that's a tough one just from a purely from a story standpoint i don't even i really don't even like him at all but it would be interesting if phil mickelson could finally win the u.s open and get the career grand slam that would be pretty cool which would be a a good golf story a great golf story uh but he is a dick (laughs) uh who's by the way we never touched on it any of the podcasts his his law breaking yeah what is what's the deal with all of his law breaking it's hard tax evasion kind of type of nonsense he's doing he's up to he can't possibly not be, he, he can't possibly be de- declaring any of these gambling winnings to the IRS. I don't know. And he's probably losing more than he's winning, so right. maybe that's how he gets away with it. But possibly. For federal income tax, when you make money gambling, you're only allowed to offset gambling losses against that for purposes of determining whether it's income or not. So if he ever, in a year, won more money gambling than he lost then mm-hmm. he has to declare it oh. so i just don't see how it's possible that he has done that because he does so Likely much not. and and we all know that hey you know we're in a fantasy league and you win money who's declaring that to the irs most of us probably aren't mm-hmm. although we should and gambling is against the law in most places in this country but it's still income that's how they got al capone so yeah. uh the bottom line is that I don't know why he's getting treated so well. I guess he's being treated as like the drug user <laughs> of, you know, I didn't know I was insider trading and I didn't know you couldn't gamble. And 
he's got good lawyers and all. I uh, see. I was gonna go more Brock Turner, like, oh, it's the alcohol, it's the society that's forcing me to do these terrible why, things. Why? So the Brock Turner story. Let's talk talk about that for two seconds. Okay. I haven't really read a lot about it, but I, I guess also I, I kind of have chosen not to read a lot about it because it's just you know it it's seems, a disturbing story, seems gross and disturbing. It is, but um. Is there a specific reason why this became so? Um, I have public? no idea. Because I, honestly, it blew up. There's, there's got to be cases like this that happen. Unfortunately, cases yeah, that happen like this every day, and then maybe it's just because he's like a. I don't think there's anything wrong with this being a well-known story or anything. Right. It's just I, I wonder what was it the victim's statement that made it famous? It must the have victim been, wrote a real powerful I, statement. I think it's a confluence of factors with the powerful victim statement plus the fact that he was a. You know, it's always guys tout, like touted as a future Olympian. But it's always guys like kind of stuff. Him. Oh, like, is that what it was? Yeah. But it's always guys like that, right? You know, it's it, this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that doesn't make it any uh, less noteworthy. Although, in typically, it does. Like right. things that happen all the time don't usually get a lot of media attention. It's just a, a kind of a rule of. Uh, what tends to be a, a well-known story. So I, I have to think it was the powerful victim statement that got shared on social media and sure. stuff like that. But uh, I read the victim statement, very powerful, but it's also a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, it, if it's... it's I, I, it must have just been the, the power of the victim statement. Yeah, that must be it. But. Sure. And the fact that BuzzFeed has seen this as an opportunity to make millions of dollars in advertising <laughs> has just blown this thing out of the water and tried to fucking give you every angle of everything because somehow they're like the number one news source for this story. So they've right. just been pumping it onto the internet like right. it's nobody's fucking business, which is kind of sad. Well, you know, it's it's reached everywhere now. The vice president yeah. is talking about it. Yeah, good old Joe. They're going to read the it. statement on the floor of the House of Representatives and it's a it's a big time story. I don't know. I'm a little bit surprised, but he what does he get 6 months in jail? It's a little light. 6 months. It's pretty for... it's pretty brief. Well, he I mean, he only had <laughs> sex with an unconscious woman behind wow. a dumpster, you know? I mean Was it behind a dumpster? Something like oh that. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, it's not uh, Not it, that that's the worst part of the story. I it's mean, not it, good. <laughs> I mean, it's I like, mean, you can be behind a dumpster and and donating to a charity. So, <laughs> if you be behind a dumpster isn't necessarily a bad thing, but but uh oof. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's def- not great. Definite scumbag and I think that yeah, it couldn't have helped with all these Statements that the families made. It's, uh, anyway, so what you're saying is that we're off golf now. Phil Mickelson is who you want to, to from a golf from a story standpoint. Uh, Phil Mickelson well, would provide you with the best it's, story. It's the best. Or? It's the best story that could happen. I don't know if I want to see it happen. Okay, I wouldn't mind seeing him lose in a playoff. Oh, that'd be we so all know how fun the 18 playoff Rose. is. <laughs> that'd be that'd be real. to Danny Willett. That's what we need to see. Well, that's the you story. haven't asked da- me what I want to see yet, and da- I was going to say I want to see Danny Willett oh my God. winning on an 18-hole playoff on Monday while his brother is tweeting about it and fucking <laughs> Tim Fincham in the face and p- pounding a pint of ale on oh, the side of the 18th green. That the, That's what I want. It would be a great golf story if Danny Willett beat Phil Mickelson in an 18-hole playoff by like eight strokes. Ooh. That would be that would be really fun oh. in a lot of sick ways. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> or if you know what another great one would be is if Danny Willett beat Jordan Spieth in an 18 hole playoff that actually, the golf world would go insane that would be spectacular I yeah. mean if you got to see Willett Spieth in an 18 hole playoff that'd be fucking fantastic fuck that's what I'm rooting for now, now that you brought it like that every every ounce of energy that I have that you know, is that I have set aside for what I hope will happen is not going to a Spieth Willett playoff on Monday that's that's what I'm hoping for you know has there ever been a three-way playoff in the U.S. Open? 
I don't know. I feel like as the host of a golf podcast, that's some knowledge I should definitely have on hand, and I don't know. I don't think there has. And this is a tournament that's been around for a long time. Man, it's like hundred. Especially when you think about how many three-way playoffs there's been in like the Open Championship, constantly. Yeah, like all, all the time. I, I can't remember one. Certainly not in our lifetime. Mickelson, Spieth, Willett, Monday playoff. That'd be that'd be great. Nope. Throw in. Nobody would go to work on Monday. Oh please. Nope. Nobody would go to work. Please. It, it would be some of the best six and a half hours of television. <laughs> be so great. Except, uh, are we gonna we're gonna get Joe Buck again, aren't we? Uh, we are. It's on Fox. Yes. They, they can Greg Norman. Thank yeah, Greg God. No- Greg Norman's. Gone. I think Azinger is who they That's, brought in. Okay. As a new analyst. Good. He's better. Yeah. It'll be fun. And they have those horrible, uh, you know, interviewers. And it was a terrible but broadcast. To be fair, they've, year. they've got Holly Saunders in a mini skirt and a tight little but, and a tight little tee on the 18th. It's off not the 18th I, green, which you know, Holly Saunders. For I us like, guys who like that kind of thing, that is real, real nice. Creeps. Oh. No, Holly Saunders. I like Holly Saunders, but. For whatever reason, she was asking the world's worst questions. Oh, she's not a great interviewer, she's, but she's very nice to look at. Okay. Can't they give her good questions to ask while she looks good? They most certainly could, but Fox has realized. I mean, if you've ever spent two minutes watching Fox News, you've realized that... I know, the legs. It's just, you just it's want, a leg, you it's want a leg-based legs. It's a leg-based I mean, network. Nobody's actually listening to anything they say. They're just staring. Okay, but you can stare at somebody who's making sense. There's nothing stopping you from doing both at the same time. You're asking for too much. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right, so you like Rory McIlroy. To me, to actually to win, I like Jason Day. But we're all—I think we're all secretly hoping for some sort of a Monday playoff that involves Dan Willett, Jordan Spieth, and/or maybe Phil Mickelson. Seeing Willett rub salt in the wound would be so great. very fun. Again, even I, though I don't even like Danny Willett no, particularly. No, I know. I, I hope he gets. And it's bad for golf for him to be winning a lot of tournaments. It just which is, is exactly but. why it's so great that he won the Masters and that he's going to hopefully continue to win. Really big tournaments. What makes it great is that he really could win because he's so good. Fuck yeah, he could. <laughs> you know what? And I, he doesn't care. That's what's the best. Like, I fucking love. Like, you know how? As we good, keep talking, I start liking Danny Willett more and more. You know how good he's, <laughs> he's going to be? So good in the Ryder Cup. He's so oh, perfect for that tournament. Absolutely. He just doesn't give a fuck about anything. No. No, not at all. I mean, he'll do. He'll take a fucking four into the back of somebody's cranium if he has to. He doesn't even care enough to do that. <laughs> Maybe I'll have his brother do it right. and then tweet about it afterwards. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the U.S. Open, um, and uh, you know if those of and you, you sh- and everybody out listening should be too. It's going to be a fantastic golf tournament. And those of you choosing who to bet on and stuff, to the extent that they're playing this week, take a look at the tournament, see who's in form, see who plays well on Sunday. I think that's always a good indicator of guys who are you know finally discovering something. We all know how golf is a super kind of hot and cold sport, and it usually holds up. Like a guy who's playing well with momentum usually. We'll play well in the next tournament. Well, that's the thing. Going in, I guess this is the last little thing. Right now, this FedEx-St. Jude Classic is happening. We're recording this on the Saturday, the weekend before the U.S. Open. Um, as of right now, the top of the leaderboard of the St. Jude Classic has names like Daniel Berger. But right now, Phil Mickelson is tied for second really? with DA points. See, this is so good. I mean, like, it, it's, you know, I think Brooks Kepka is tied for second. You still Ooh, have guys like Steve Stricker wonderful. up there is in the top Stricker 10. Stricker in the U.S. Open field? Uh, Probably is. Yeah, I would think he is. Yeah, sure. Um, so I mean, if Phil's if Phil wins this weekend, I'm sure his odds will get a little bit better. Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, Spieth won a couple of weeks ago, so you know he's he's capable. Obviously, Jason Day's won several times already this year. Um, Bubba's won this year. Golf I, is in a great condition. Right it now, really is. is. I mean, this is obviously one thing we have to touch on before we we get out of here. But 
It was announced that Tiger's not going to be participating in the U.S. Open this year. You know, fine. Does he make it back for any majors this year? <sighs> Maybe the PGA. Probably not, though. I think we talked about it on the last it's, podcast. It, we, Did we, you see that ugly video of him just fucking duffing three straight shots into the water? It didn't look I'm, so bad. His swing looked okay. It's fine. The results were fucking god-awful, though. He was going cold. <laughs> you, you know how the start of a bucket goes. It sucks. <laughs> I look like the world's worst golfer instead of like the hundredth worst golfer, which I really am. Uh, when I'm hitting the start of a bucket, I'm, I'm literally, you know, shanking and hitting thin skulls. Like for Tiger to merely hit it short a few times, I don't think is such a big deal. But sure. um, the problem with Tiger is just like it doesn't seem like he can do anything without getting re-injured. Uh, so better take it easy. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a hell of a golf tournament, man. I'm excited. I mean, I, I hope, I know you might be out of town a little bit, but I hope somehow, some way, we'll get a chance to watch at least like one of the rounds oh, well, together. If, if, sure. Somehow, well, some way. I, I don't know how that's going to happen, actually. We can TiVo it on Thursday. You know, get together on Thursday evening, have a couple pints, and, and you know, watch uh, the first round of action. You know, that might that might be doable. We might even, my house might even be available for uh, the doing as of well, that. As, as will mine. Fantastic. So, so right. yeah, we'll, we'll think about it. Well, everybody, I hope you all listening make time to watch. It's going to be a wonderful tournament. Outside your, of Pittsburgh. It's your national open. Yeah. Try to be patriotic for once, you yeah. assholes. Yeah. None of you love this country. None. I'm, I'm disgraceful behavior from our listeners. On that note, we love all you dickheads. Watch the U.S. Open. Enjoy the U.S. Open. And we'll see you. No, we won't see you. We don't see any of you. Yeah. Uh, you know. But we'll be back next week. We promise. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.